Blog Talk Radio. Good afternoon and welcome to a very snowy, very cold, but very beautiful Wednesday afternoon. Um, I'm very, very fortunate and blessed, and I'm going to say thank you right off the bat to my dear friend Tomcat Malta slash or a.k.a. Tomcat Joe for rearranging his schedule a second time so that we can get over our technical difficulties because you can see we are now on air. Very, very excited to be presenting him today. Um, It's always my privilege to be able to host local musicians on my show just because I honestly feel that they don't get enough exposure. Um, We're not in L.A. or New York or any of those fun-to-do places that offer much more exposure for musicians. So I'm very pleased and proud that I'm able to offer a format and an ability to be able to get the word out about um, not only his individual projects, but of course, as I understand it, Tomcat Joe is actually his new formulated band. Um, so we're going to get a chance to talk about the new stuff, a little bit of the old stuff, find out who this guy is besides that handsome little face that resembles Johnny Cash and Joaquin Phoenix, as I always say. Um, and I want to just go ahead and make a real quick notation. Tomorrow's show, we're going to be hosting Elizabeth Mason, who is the individual who's responsible for all those beautiful couture bags out in California. So I'm very excited to say that I'll be hosting her, and then I'm going to be off off the weekend. Um, very excited to announce that I'll be going out to see all of my good friends and some of my PR relation people out in New York this weekend. So definitely going to miss you. So without further ado, let's get Tom Cat on the line and start talking to him about him. Hi, Mr. Tomcat. Hi, Cindy. How are you? Great to be on your show. I'm doing good. Oh, thank you. Thank you. I feel like you're right next to me, so this is absolutely awesome. I'm very, very excited. I have a lot to ask you, and I have a lot to brag about in your regard, so we need to get going because I know you only have so much time. So let's talk about you a little bit. Um, To those that don't know, my very first encounter with Mr. Tomcat Malta, I was um, at an open jam at a place called Rocco's. To those of us who live in Milwaukee, you know that's a, a local establishment that does open jams for musicians. Um, At that particular time, you're soon to be facing, I know, surgery on your throat. um, And fortunately for all of us, you're very well recovered and performing all over the place. And I have to say that, hands down, I don't know if it'll make you blush, but you're probably one of my most favorite musicians in the entire town. Thank you very much. You're amazing. You uh, are. You're amazing. Thank the board and uh, the doctors at Freighter Hospital for the recovery on my throat. Oh, definitely. Thank you, Jesus, for that one, because I, I was very, very nervous and apprehensive about that, and I thought, okay, well, let's just see what happens here. And now, not only is he back, but he's just, he's tremendous in that he lends himself to so many different um, collaborative efforts in town, and he's just, just the most most approachable guy. So nice, very, very, very direct, very sweet. I, I just, I'm just going to keep blabbing about you for the next 40 minutes and talking about how great you are. Well, let's start the interview off. <laughs> We're first going to discuss your journey into music a little bit because for those of us um, who don't know you personally, talk to the audience a little bit about um, when you were little and growing up, what brought the inspiration to you in terms of wanting to become a musician? Well, music's in my blood. Um, I have family members going back a couple of generations that have played the guitar or sang in bands, um, different styles of music, ranging from uh, jazz to uh, rock. Um, some artists as well, too. So I guess it was always mm-hmm. kind of in there. And then uh, what really hit it for me was um, being in high school and uh, meeting some guys that were in rock bands and uh, hanging out and uh, seeing them play and just kind of seeing wanting to be a part of something really cool. Sure, I imagine. So uh, Was it? Is it a proper assessment to ask the question that um, would your family have expected you to follow this path, obviously, because... You know, when you have all of those generations or individuals that are involved in it, is it is it just something that you were expected to do? Do you think? 
No, there was no expectations to get into it. I kind of, you know, um, chose it, and that probably led me to wanting to stick with it, that it was my choice. Sure. Okay. Now, I've noted here that your first performance, uh, playing the guitar, that is, is at age 14. Um, I wanted to know, who did you perform for, what venue was it at, and how successful were you, obviously, with your first performance and being young? And looking back on it, was it a learning experience for it? Was it was it horrid, or were you like, oh, man, I just I, I got it right on? Well, I'm still having learning experiences for sure. Um, at the time, um, I was just glad to be playing. Some of the venues that we were playing at at the time were um, hard rock venues, uh, the Jabberwocky, Billy's Old mm-hmm. Mill, T.A. Vern's, um, the Unicorn. My God. Yep. Uh, Shooters on the East Side um, that ended up becoming Esoteria um, later. Uh, the Rave or the Eagles Club. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, I don't know, uh, not too successful, but uh, was definitely glad to be out there and a part of it. Um, there were a lot okay. of good bands that I got to open up for and uh, watch, you know, kind of see how it's really done kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. Sure. Some, some good experiences and some good times. Now, in terms of the guitar side of things, as compared to being, of course, your singer as well as a guitar player, um, how did you get your training or any form of formal education, or did you not, as it was relative to playing an instrument? Well, when I first wanted to get into music, um, the last thing I thought I would be is a singer, and uh, the second last thing was uh, guitar or bass. I really wanted to play drums, um, but that seemed impractical um, at the time, and what did work out was I ended up with a bass, and uh, my first lessons at it was just um, a singer in a band I wanted to jam with point, uh, pointed out places on the neck of the bass guitar, where to play this song, where to play that song, and I kind of just took it from there. Okay, I got it. Later on, I did have a few lessons. Oh, okay, I was just going to say, and did it prove to be uh, challenging? I know that some musicians have told me, if your heart and your passion is not into it, meaning like let's say you're going to play a particular instrument, if you're really, really not in it and not wanting it that badly, it's like you're good at it, but it's not, it's not the one thing you're known for. Do you know what I'm saying? Do you do you find that, or do you think that you're pleased with the progress you've made in terms of playing? Well, I wouldn't say I'm 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 grateful for the progress I've made. I think I'm a slow mm-hmm. but steady learner with music. Um, okay. it's, it's, back when I first started, it was a real challenge. Uh, it's easier to find the notes now. I mean, and, and it has been for for a few years. But at first, it was just to mechanically fret the strings and, and you know, uh, uh, just, to, just to make the, the notes happen was a challenge. And uh, learning songs took up, seemed to take forever. But when you want to do something bad enough, and especially at a certain age where you, you have a lot of focus at it, uh, you'll, you'll make it happen. As you have, obviously, because I've been privy to that. I've seen Tomcat play over and over again, and you don't do anything badly, by the way. It almost puts us other artists to shame, i got to say, because I look at you and you just it's like a finely tuned machine. I guess that's the best way to probably put it, is that you know from start to finish how you're doing. Honestly, that's how you present yourself, at least to myself and other individuals that know you. Um, that's the best way to describe you, I think, musically, as it stands. Um, I'm curious to ask about this statement in terms of you. Um, you hear musical tones by feeling the vibrations through your jaw. Um, 
maybe expound further on this concept of, because I've not heard that before from a musician. All right. Well, I don't I don't do that anymore, but I I have done it and I can do it. What it, what it is is when I first started playing music and I got a hold of a bass guitar, I knew very little about it. And honestly, I couldn't figure out at the time why it wasn't making any noise. I was playing the strings on this bass guitar and I was turning the knobs. I didn't even realize you needed an amplifier. That's uh I was uh, not the brightest bulb in the box, I guess. So, for the first year I played, I didn't have an amp of my own to play through. Um, when I would play with the band, I would uh, play through somebody else's amp. And when I would learn songs, say at home, listening to the, a radio or a, t- a cassette tape, I would press the body of the bass guitar up to my jawbone, and I could feel it that way, because you can hear a bass louder if it's more directly connected to your skull. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God, Really? Yeah, it's just hard to picture this. I'm like, hmm, he's got this instrument by his jaw, and I'm thinking, how is he doing this? It's it's wild, actually. Well, I it, I got pressed into it because I remember riding in the back seat of a car with an uh, our entire band was driving in a car, and we were heading to go play somewhere, and they and I was new to the band, so it was some songs I didn't know, and they told me you have to know this song by today. We're going to go play there, and we're going to play it. And I was all nervous, so they put it on the cassette deck in the car, and they cranked up the speakers, and I'm sitting there with a bass kind of like wedged, you know, I'm kind of kind of almost like upright between my legs, and I'm touching my, you know, basically I just touched my jaw to the bass guitar, felt it out, got the, the key, the proper key, and a couple of the changes, and we got through the song. I wouldn't wow. recommend that for professional polished <laughs> performance, but it can get you through in a pinch. No, it's pretty cool, though, actually, like I said, because it's, I've never heard that from a musician before. I know everybody's kind of, you know, learned how they've learned how to do certain things a certain way, but I'm like, yeah, that's that's unique to you, I have to say. It's one thing I wanted to point out, of course. Um, it's different with now, a six-string guitar because you hear the notes more. Ah, I gotcha. Okay. And, of course, I know nothing about a guitar, so it's kind of like you're giving me an education. Thank you very much. I appreciate that. Okay, let's talk about you as a singer. Um you, of course, first time singing was at age 18. I wanted to ask, did you have any preconceived notions in terms of um, the content and the genre at the start of your career, meaning I know I want to sing this and I want to do this? Was it all kind of paved out for you in your mind, or, or were you kind of like, I don't know what the hell I'm doing? Well, uh, I, it was kind of hard at first. I, I didn't see myself as a singer in a band right away. And the first few years I played was in kind of like the hair rock 80s, high screaming vocals era and uh that was uh, a little bit difficult for me to pull off so uh i i at first uh when i started singing uh i was lost and i was forcing notes that were too difficult for me to pull off and it wasn't until i got a little bit older uh dug deeper into the songbook back into some of the classic rock and some of the bluesier stuff from the, the 70s where I found some uh, music that I could uh, I could I could sing better and uh, get behind some classic stuff like uh, John Fogarty and Van Morrison and I started uh, feeling more comfortable as a singer. Okay, so it wasn't something yeah, that just at first it was at, at first I was lost. <laughs> gotcha. No, I understand. Um, now you know you've been classified by other individuals as as being called a rock and blues artist. Would you? personally classify yourself as that? Would you say you're the personification of that sort of an artist, or would you classify yourself as something otherwise? Well, if I have to classify anything, I'd say rock and roll. 
Um, I got yeah. a bluesy side to it for sure. Um, mm-hmm. I don't see myself as a blues artist straight up, more of a rock and roll guy. Okay. I got it. Now let me just rattle this off to the individuals that don't know this, of course. I know at present that you're capable of performing blues, country, pop music, classical rock, and indie music. I wanted to know, have you considered extending your skills musically, meaning by way of instrumental education or perhaps maybe attempting to integrate other styles into your performances, musically that is? Well, I think I'm always trying to learn a little bit more. Um, I'm currently jamming with uh, my new band. Some of the musicians in the band have a strong jazz background. And uh, I'm kind of open to seeing where that leads me. If these guys uh, Mm. uh, jamming with the jazz background, maybe it'll rub off on me a little bit, and I start picking up a few more chords on the guitar and Mm. uh, learning uh, different kinds of changes. So I guess I'm open to it. Oh, oh, I'm sorry. From the instrumental side of things, because I know you had prefaced that earlier, do you think or will you find yourself in a position where you might say, you know what, yeah, I want to try to learn how to play the drums or I want to try to play this? Or is there room for something such as that with your busy schedule? I love drums. I get on the drums whenever I get a chance, um, usually at open jam sessions. Um, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm, a, I'm a decent hack drummer. I'm not a real drummer, but I, I love okay. it. <laughs> Yeah, I have a hard time picturing you doing that. And again, because I have the advantage of knowing you, I'm kind of like, yeah, I see him on the guitar, I see him singing, I'm not quite so sure about the other things, but God knows if you tried, you'd probably succeed at that as well. There's one thing that Tomcat doesn't do, it's he doesn't fail. Um, and I've yet to go to a show where I'm disappointed or, or where I just don't get the best performance out of him. I just, you are a class A performer, my friend, just saying. Um, Thank you very much, Cindy Mitch. Oh, you're very welcome. Um, now, in pursuing your dream, I know that you've um, lent your artistic capabilities to an, just an exorbitant number of bands. I, I can't even, I don't even know, is there an exact number or maybe a guesstimate you can give us of approximately how many bands you've been in over time? Well, I've probably performed out professionally with about 60 different bands, maybe more. Wow. I, I have a list somewhere, but it, it's it's up there. It's ridiculous. Yeah, I imagine. Yes, I've taken a look at that. Oh, my goodness. I'm very proud, of course, to say that I know that I'm uh, acquainted with and friends with some of your fellow collaborators, um, Dave Miller, Scotty Berent, of course. Um, I wanted to rattle off just a few of my favorite bands you've participated in, meaning Shag, Freddie and the Cruisers, which I've been to before, uh, The Tiggers, and Slither. Of all the experiences that you've shared with these fellow musicians, can you maybe name some of the bands that proved more instrumental, you think, in sharpening your skills, just looking back? And that's not to say one better than the other, but just, you know, ones that that have helped you most, you feel? Well, there's quite a few musicians that have helped me along the way. Um, I can remember one in particular. Um, there was a guy I used to jam with named George Castro. And when I started jamming with him, it was when it kind of marked my transformation from more of a heavy metal uh, bass player into becoming more of a blues round musician. And so that was like one of the first times I jumped off into something new. And uh, it was and it was from uh, playing with George, who was a guitar player and a very fine singer. Um, another uh, thing that I got from playing with George is I saw how uh, he could sing four feet off of a microphone and be heard real well without monitors and uh, I've always kept that in the back of my mind every time I'm singing and I can't hear myself I just think well you know (laughs) it it could be done 
Right. Oh, definitely. That's amazing. That's an amazing feat. Holy cow. Yeah, he was something. Um, I also early on, I, I had an opportunity to um, kind of run lights and hang around with uh, other bands, you know, uh, like roadie kind of stuff. And uh, one in particular, one scene in particular was uh, uh, the, a band called the Soul Patrol, and they were a uh, uh, kind of an all-star group of Milwaukee players um, that put together an original project and started drawing uh, good crowds right off the bat. Um, Early Thomas, Scotty Barrett, uh, Rick Holmes, Alex Kostopoulos, Tommy Graywolf, a, a whole host of uh, people were in that band. And uh, that was kind of inspirational, too, to see a, a band putting together original music, but playing in a almost like playing in cover venues, you know, where they could play to a, a real mainstream crowd playing original material. Gotcha. Okay, now on the flip side of the fence, can you remember or can you tell me which was the most short-lived experience you've ever had with a band? Um, yeah, yeah. I had a band, um, uh, we had a three-piece band, uh, uh, kind of out there metal kind of stuff, and the name of the band was Fetal Juice. And uh, we played one show and decided that, that we need to either rename or re- restart. Wow. <laughs> that actually happens. Holy cow! That yeah. name is definitely not working for me. <laughs> oh my god! No, I know. I guess... Well, wow. You know, it was a, it was a, it was a pretty long time ago, and uh, it was supposed to be like a shock rock kind of thing. Sure. You know. Okay. But it didn't it didn't okay. really fly for me either. So. I guess obviously because you are where you are right now, and thank God for that one. <laughs> um. Very typical question to ask, or at least I try to ask this on occasion, um, because you are popular and well-known in the area, obviously, and let's face it, um, I've said this about eight times, I personally believe that you facially resemble Joaquin Phoenix, who is a very talented actor, as well as Mr. Johnny Cash. So when you combine the two, it kind of goes without saying you're a pretty handsome devil, and we all know this in town. And if you go to his page, you're going to see the same thing I do. So I have to ask the question, um, Stalkers, do you find yourself having the musician stalkers slash groupies slash, oh, I can't live without Tomcat Malta sort of thing? Well, uh, well, hopefully they, uh, people would have something better to do with their life than follow me around. But, uh, you know, <laughs> it, it, it happens sometimes. I think I think it, not not too often, but, it, it you know, it happens sometimes or someone might uh, expect more out of, uh, out of you than what, you feel like it should be, you know, uh, sure. as far as uh, being a performer and uh, someone wanting more than just the, that kind of performance from you, I suppose. Right. No, uh, I know exactly what you're talking about. You know, it's, that, you, try to, you try to keep it pretty, pretty, try to keep that stuff under control and try to, you know, watch your back, I guess. Definitely. And of course, like I said, and I, again, I guess I should ask you because I never did ask you if you agree with my consensus of, do you resemble these two folks, do you think, in your opinion? I've heard the Joaquin Phoenix uh, thing quite a bit, uh, and I, I, I see it too. Um, yeah, I uh, should have been his uh, stunt double. I just uh, yeah, got that would have been cool. It was outrageous for that kind of job. <laughs> I got to tell you, um, one thing that's just occupying my mind, and I have to ask, is do you think at some given point in time that that will help your career professionally, meaning having a resemblance to someone so profound in the community that people recognize? Well, I have no idea, but I guess uh, take any anything you can get, right? <laughs> yeah, that's exactly right. <laughs> you know, I mean, yep. why not? Yeah, you know? I agree with why you. Not? Yep. Uh, in fact, 
and to people that don't know you, obviously, I, I guess one of the offerings that they may not be familiar with unless they've checked out your website or seen you in public is that you offer um, something called Johnny Doe, which is actually a Johnny Cash tribute show. Um, could you maybe detail on a little bit more to us as far as what the full array of that show entails? Okay, um, sure. This started a few years back where a good friend of mine, Brian Zisk, uh, started uh, putting together Christmas shows to take into nursing homes and okay. uh, hospitals. And we were mostly doing holiday music. Well, sometime later, um, uh, you know, kind of after the Johnny Cash movie came out and uh, people were pointing out the resemblance I had to that Joaquin Phoenix actor, mm-hmm. um, I put together some Johnny Cash songs and started doing the same kind of thing like that. And that's all it was really meant to be, except that it caught on a little bit. And now I've, I've, gotten, I've gotten hired a few times, and what I, I call it Johnny Doe. And it's mostly a Johnny Cash show, but I do a little bit of variety. I do some uh, holiday songs. I'll do some songs that are, you know, by Jim Reeves or uh, uh, John Denver, you know, kind of stuff that kind of goes together for that strumming, singing, acoustic guitar. Um, I don't do it too much, but uh, it, it's fun, and the people that uh, that ask me to play are are responsive and, you know, appreciative. Sure, certainly. I mean, do you think in your own mind, and, and this is just from your own personal preference here, do you enjoy the acoustical shows um, more so than being in a band, participating in the band sort of thing? I mean, do you have a preference, or is it both just as enjoyable to you? Well, I think I prefer to play in a band at this point. Um, I continue to work on my guitar skills. Um, coming up as a bass player, I uh, I think pretty uh basically um, as far as accompanying my voice with the guitar. Um, I go out and see knockout guitar players like Matt Kiner, a local guy from the Carpetbaggers, and uh, I see what can really be done on a guitar as far as a a one-man show goes. And uh, so at this point, I'm more comfortable playing in the band, but but I'll sell it. I'll sell it with my voice when I go out and sing a solo Variety is the spice of life, you know. If you want to, you know, one day do a band show, one day do an acoustic show, uh, another day play a different style of music. It, 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 I think that that's what's appealing to me is having a little bit of variety and uh, you never really know exactly what to expect. It keeps you on your toes. Definitely makes you a well-rounded musician. Obviously, that kind of goes without saying. Um, one other side note I wanted to ask you because I know in shows past that I've seen you in, of course, you do various Johnny Cash songs. So I'm just wondering if he holds any significance to you in terms of being an inspiration or, or what you admire most about his styling. Well, I do got to say, happy birthday to Johnny Cash. It was his birthday yesterday, so happy belated <gasps> to Johnny Cash. Happy um, birthday, awesome. I, I, you know, I. I think he's just, he's an icon. Um, he, his uh, songs, he had a knack for lyrics and uh, clever lyrics, um, story songs, and uh, I don't know. And then, of course, he had his trademark voice. Um, it's, a, it's, a, it's, you know, I guess having covered his songs, it's a part of me. But, uh, yeah, that's probably about as far as it goes with me. I, I I don't really see myself as a Johnny Cash emulator at all. I gotcha. I understand. That's fine. Um, I wanted to move on to talk about Reckless Life, which is, uh, to those that don't know, Milwaukee Guns N' Roses tribute band, uh, which allotted you the privilege to be able to play the musical role of Izzy. Um, 
to those that know you, meaning such as myself, I guess I see it as somewhat of a stretch. Um, is that type of music and that sort of thing something that you're very comfortable with? Maybe I'm just odd in thinking that that's an unusual stretch for you musically? All right. Well, uh, uh, David Rossingle, who started Reckless Life, um, had called me a number of years ago when he first started the group uh, under a different name, and I filled in with them on a gig on bass. Um, and and, I, and I, I enjoy it. Uh, when I started playing, that was the biggest band at the time, you know, or pretty soon after I started playing. Guns N' Roses was a, was a big deal, and I, I must have played their record, their first record, over and over again until I wore it out back then, and I especially liked the guitar parts, the way the different guitar parts intertwined, it, it, you know. So it's, it's in me, and uh, I enjoyed it. And when I uh, ran into David this year, he told me they were looking for a rhythm guitar player and that they had a, uh, um, a singer, John Wood, a uh, guy out of Chicago who's fantastic, uh, does a great job uh, covering Axel. And uh, I looked at it as a great opportunity to play songs that I kind of grew up with and imp- try to improve my six-string guitar playing at the same time. Okay, I've got gotcha. you. And has it proved to be a, a memorable experience for you? I mean, I, I would ascertain in all these different stylings that you're trying, you're pretty much getting, like you're saying, the well-roundedness where you are kind of got your hat and everything all all around. Is there someone that you'd like to participate with locally or that you haven't collaborated with yet? Well, there's a lot of things I'm, I'm i'm looking forward to collaborating with i'm i'm looking forward to uh, this june i'll be participating in the steel bridge songwriting festival up in sturgeon okay. bay uh that's Ooh. put together by pat mcdonald and melanie jane of, of uh, a group called purgatory hill and uh it's a collection of a fantastic group of songwriters from all across the country and even international and i'm looking forward to collaborating with that um there's all. I mean, there's there's a ton of players around this town and other towns that I would jump at the chance to play with. I mean, there's a there's a ton of them, and that's one in particular that seems to stick out to me as something I'm really looking forward to. Um, mostly, I'm really focused on my new band and uh, my new CD that's coming out, yep. which is original. We're working our way. And, oh, okay. Yep. Well, can I talk about that? You can talk about anything you want, dear. It's your time. Right. <laughs> That's good. fine, yeah. in fact, because I have questions about the I, I just want to say that uh, uh, myself and, a, and, a, and some a collection of friends, really, have uh, put together a, uh, a CD release coming up for later this month, and uh, we've been working up and rehearsing the band for a couple of months, and we're we're ready to hit the hit the town. We're, we're we got a few shows booked, and uh, one that's coming up is uh, this next Wednesday, March sixth at uh, the Tonic Tavern on Knick-Knick in Bayview. And we'll be playing as a part of the Local Love Music Series. And we're playing down there at uh, 9 to 12, uh, next Wednesday the 6th. And it's uh, no cover charge for Local Love Night. The group is called Tomcat Joe. And uh, we do original, uh, danceable rock and roll and blues, a little countryside on some of it. I think we're going to play a clip later. It's got a little bit of a honky-tonk sound. Hmm. I was curious to ask that question, too, actually. Now, was this your formulation, meaning that you sat down with your fellow friends and said, hey, you know what, let's all get together and let's formulate this band? Or how did all of this come about? Well, what happened was is I, I, I've always been writing songs, and a few of uh, songs started piling up on me, and a studio opportunity opened up. And uh, I basically got involved with uh, uh, a studio um, 
owned and operated by uh, Dr. Lanny Hale, who is a former member of uh, Tony's Tigers, who uh, he's produced, he along with a, a guy named Craig Fairchild, have produced uh, my CD. We used uh, musicians from various bands I played in to play the parts. I would go in with a bass line and a vocal line and maybe a drum part, and we'd uh, call up a lead guitar player, and a, a fantastic group of people have came in and uh, helped out. And then once the project got recorded, it, the band members started, the people that seemed more interested in actually performing this stuff became apparent, and we kind of formed the group out of that. And here you are now, of course. Yeah. Um, I wanted yeah. to mention I don't forget to mention this, of course, as you had said, uh, which is coming out March 24th. There's going to be actually a free CD release party, and that's going to be located down at the warehouse for those of us that are in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. Of course, you can come on down, and it is free. There is no charge, which I thought was really kick-ass because that doesn't always happen. Usually it's $5 or $10 to get in, so I think that's totally cool that you're doing that. Um, question. Easy Street Rock is the name of the debut album that's coming. Um, how does this compare, do you feel, to the other um, – types of work or the other projects that you've done before musically? Well, I, I think, uh, well, hmm, how does it compare? I, I like it. Meaning I have like a lot a... more invested into it uh, because okay. it's been a while since I've played on, uh, on a, on a, on an album or, you know, on a record and uh, to have it be songs you wrote and sang, um, it, it gives it a little bit more of a more of a flavor, you know, a little bit more of a you have a little bit more of an excitement about it. Um, as compared to you know being you know maybe being a, a hired gun on somebody's project, and uh, which is always a blast to go in a studio, but I think this one compares to that. Um, I don't know, a little bit better for me because it is my own songs. I think that it's accessible to people. Uh, I tried to put songs on this record that that people that don't know me will like. <laughs> you know, if if I'm playing a song and uh, a real test is playing it live in front of a crowd of people that maybe don't know you, and there's some songs on this on this that are pretty accessible, got a good beat, and uh, people can grab onto it right away. And I was trying to I want to put out a record like that. Gotcha. Now, of course, Easy Street Rock, comparative, as you mentioned, you've composed the songs on this. Um, what types of songs are they going to hear on this, let's say, that they wouldn't have heard on some of your other music, for instance? Because we're going to talk about just a little bit some of the songs you've composed in the past. For yourself personally, just looking at the two now, what, what's the difference between Easy Street Rock, let's say, as compared to some of the other work you've done before? Well, uh, all right. Uh, first of all, this is my first album. So I, I don't know. There's uh, nothing that really compare it to unless you go way back to you know, a, a good while back, uh, I would say it's going to sound a lot more polished, and I can only thank Lanny Hale for that. Um, having not one but two producers interested in the quality of the of the performances and the, uh, the 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 tones on this record makes all the difference. And we spent a lot of time putting this together. Um, two years. So I, I think the sound quality is going to be there. Um, I think the, the time and care spent into it is the difference. Sure, certainly. And, of course, because you are an artist, um, I have to ask this question, or I usually tend to, for most of the people that come on my show. Um, 
do you have a process as it's relative to composing your music? Uh, usually I'll start with uh, a little hook going through my head, um, either a melody or a lyric or the, the two together. And then uh, you, then usually you try to figure out, well, what's, what's it going to take to make this hook or what I think is a hook into a song? Okay. And then, of course, um, so that's when the I'll other pick up, I usually pick up a, a six-string guitar or a bass and start putting chords behind this hook, and then I start writing lyrics. I'm kind of, I'm, I think that's what it starts with, is this a, a hook and a, and a basic lyric, and then you try to fill out the rest of it and uh, chip away what doesn't belong, keep what does belong until it looks like a song. And then, you know, sometimes you do rewrites and... Some songs come together quick, you know, a couple hours. Other songs take years. <laughs> Look at that. Thank goodness. And everything you come out with, I just, I am, again, I'm just being the doting fan here, but I'm just marveled and amazed by some of the pieces that you've done, actually. And because I have the esteemed honor of interviewing you, I get to rave about the songs that I appreciate the most. So there are two for me personally that I've listened to that I, I enjoy the most out of the ones that I've heard out of you, um, one of which is Right Down the Wrong Road and Beautiful thing. Oh, okay. Um, I would like you to give to the folks just a short narrative surrounding the actual composition of both of these pieces, meaning is there a backstory to either either or? And if I were to ask Tomcat, I would like him to tell me which song he fancies the most out of his own work. Okay. Well, let's see. Um, first off, right down the wrong road is kind of a fast uh, honky-tonk rock and roll country bass line. Um, I was trying to just write a song that was fun and told like kind of a tall tale, like a story. And that's, that's, that's all I was. I was trying to like write a fun, fast story song, you know, about getting in and out of trouble. Uh, Beautiful thing is just, uh, I wanted to write a a straight up blues tune. Um, Just a straight up blues shuffle that uh, would be easy to, uh, easy to show other musicians, so it would be an easy song to go out and play at, uh, say, a mm-hmm. jam session. And I, I pretty much wrote Beautiful Thing uh, to do that. I wrote it so that it had a purpose to be able to be something that would transfer easily to live situations with players that were good players but maybe didn't necessarily learn all my chord changes. So it's a basic blues. Okay. And for you personally, which one's your favorite? All-time favorite, all the ones you've composed. All, all the ones I've composed. Yep. I don't think I've composed yep. it yet. I don't think I've composed <laughs> really? it yet. Really? Uh-uh. I think there's some good gold in there. There's gold in there somewhere, and it's coming. I have a. There's a couple of songs I'm real hot on on this uh, on the, on the Easy Street uh, Rock CD coming out uh, this month on uh, Fairtone Records. It's two tracks in particular that feature uh, Jason Goldsmith a local multi-instrumentalist who's also a member of Tomcat Joe. Uh, He's featured on saxophone on both of these tracks, and those tracks are All Night Long, which is kind of a smooth country reggae kind of feel. And uh, another song is called Paratens, which is like a walking bass line uh, blues where uh, we recorded that with Jason on sax and also... Myself and Rick Holmes, a famous local bass player, playing uh, duplicate bass lines 
myself playing a Music Man Stingray four string, and Rick playing his big upright bass. And we played it uh, the parts note for note with each other to try to combine the sound. So the two songs on this upcoming CD I would think I'm real proud of are All Night Long and Pair of Tens. But uh, I, I have to say I, I, it's hard to press to ask me which ones are my favorite because I like them all, and I wouldn't have put Right Down the Wrong Road on the CD first if I didn't like it. Of course. Of course. And, not, I mean, hands down, when people go and they listen, I mean, especially if you go to the website, check out some of the different music that you have listed on there, they're just, the blues thing is the one thing that I always take away from me. It's just you, you have this solid sound, and it is very bluesy. Um, I just, I like the sound of your voice. It's very, um, you have a good radio voice. You do well on radio. You're very deep sounding, and I like that. I've always liked that about you. That's one of my favorite attributes. You have a great presentation, and your sound just resonates in such a manner that's just very captivating, I think, for most people. And I find it to be very impressive. Many people find it to be very impressive, actually. Uh, my other question, if you were approached, because you are a Milwaukee musician, let's say you were approached months from now and somebody said, you know what, we want to come and, and have you tour with us. Would you be open to ideas or, or collaborations that are not here in Milwaukee? Absolutely. Absolutely. Really? If, if if there was something going on good, I, I'll go. Um, okay. I got it. I wouldn't leave anybody hanging, oh, if I can help it. I mean, I, uh, some of the guys in my band would, might not be able to tour or something like that, but I, at this point, I'm, I'm willing to. I'm look. I'm willing to travel and see some new things and play my music. Awesome. Still willing to so do now, uh, because there will probably be you know gaggles upon gaggles upon gaggles of people listening to this interview, um, not only live but of course when we archive this today, I have to ask the proverbial question because. You know, I have to, because you're cute. So women want to know, is this musician, talented musician, available, or is he off the market? <laughs> this talented this talented musician? Uh, thank you very much. I am... Uh, That's you. Oh, you're talking about me? Oh, okay, sorry. Um, yes, the, I'm talking uh, about you, Tomcat. <laughs> well, I, I am single. I'm, I'm unmarried. Um, I guess I spend uh, a lot of time focused on uh, this album and putting this band together and... Uh, I've neglected uh, certain social aspects, I suppose. I haven't been involved with anybody in a little while. So. I got gotcha. you. Who knows? I, I guess uh, I'm, You'll I, see. Uh, my, my life is open right now. I got gotcha. you. Oh, and I also didn't want to forget to ask you about this, because I know you cited that your appearance is going to be on uh, March 6th at the Tonic Tavern, but I also noted that you're going to be doing an appearance on the first at Ponies in Cudahy. So is that going to be you alone with the band, or what's happening with that? Well, that's going to be a full band show. That's going to be a Tomcat Joe full band show. Um, that's actually our first show. And, uh, yeah, okay. we'll be down at Ponies, uh, 5132 South Packard in Cudahy this Friday, um, okay. 930. Okay. Wonderful. We don't want to forget about that. Now, um, if you could just be quiet for 30 seconds because we're almost ready to wrap up, but I usually take this opportunity to give myself 30 seconds to tell you my overall assessment and let the audience know exactly what I think of you or what they should know about you that they don't. Tomcat Mazda, first in... Yeah. I was going to ask Go one thing. Um, if you're going to play right down the wrong road, I just got to give props to the guitarist who recorded on that, okay. and his name is Jeff Arnold. He's a very fine local guitar player and guitar editor at Hal Leonard Music Publishing. Got Thank it. you. That's okay. All. You're quite welcome. Um, actually, I was going to speak. And um, just to speak to that, as a matter of fact, um, for those of you who happened to be listening in last week, and I don't know, Tom Cat, if you get a chance to listen to the interview with Bill White and Lori Jesnick, the two musicians that are also friends of ours that were on the show last week, 
We were having some technical problems with uh, uplifting their MP3 audio clips to play on the show. I had to go back literally after the show, add it back on, and then have people listen to it thereafter. So unfortunately, they haven't rectified that problem. So they're going to have to upload your MP3. So anyone from this point forward in the next 24 hours that listens to the show will hear right down the wrong road as the last part of this interview. I, they just weren't able to comply. I don't know why, but for some reason they are not meshing my MP3 files into my shows as they're supposed to. So it's a work in progress. So people will hear it. They just aren't going to hear it on today's live version of it. So I'm sorry to say that they can't hear that. They're just going to hear you and me for right now. But we'll be on that. We'll forgive you, Sin, because you're fantastic. Oh, thank you so much, considering the fact that it's Blog Talk Radio's fault, not mine. But I am trying. I did try really, really hard. Um, So let me just say this much to the individuals who are listening to the show who may not know Tomcat um, as well as I do or other people in our fine, fine city. This is what I can say about you. Um, first and foremost, you're just your hands down, just a class act. You are a, a gentleman, 100% gentleman, quiet, collected, professional, extremely consummate and passionate about the work that you do. You are always, always giving a class A production. Anytime that I see you, you're always very giving of your time to individuals who come and participate and support your music. You always are on top of things in terms of producing a quality product. And there are musicians out there that enjoy their music and they love it and they're passionate about it, but you bring something, you resonate your music. It's not just that you sing it, you resonate it. And you're just such a wonderful production you, you're a production in and of itself, and that production that you take to each and every one of your bands is just a modicum of your success, I think, and it just speaks volumes of the talent that you possess. I, I am in awe of what you do, and I'm so honored to know you. Well, thank you very much, Cindy, for being so kind. <laughs> you're very welcome. Great to on your show. Well, thank you so much. Now, before I forget, before I let you go, I just wanted to make note of this, and, and forgive me if I forget anything. That's why you're on the line right now. Um, www.tomcatjoe.com is your website. Uh, to listen to your music, you can either go to YouTube or Reverb Nation. Tomcat's also on Twitter with the handle of at Tomcat underscore Joe. Have I missed anything? Well, that pretty much covers it. I mean, I'm on Facebook, too. and Right. Oh, Mostly, yeah. I, I work out of the website. Okay. So TomCatJoe.com would be the one thing as far as that goes. And I don't want to forget this either. Again, March 1st at Ponies and Cudahy at 9.30. March 6th at the Tonic Tavern. We got a time on that one, dear? Yeah. We'll be playing at 9 o'clock to midnight at Tonic Tavern. And okay. uh, I want to mention uh, also our CD release on uh, Free Dance at the Warehouse Hot Water 818 South Water Street on Sunday, March 24th um, from 5 o'clock to 8 o'clock. Perfect. And then this way then we all know because I will be there and present. I will definitely be there and I will definitely be present and I'm so very excited for you. And I hope that this new collaboration is going to go very well. Please send all my very best love to Daniel Nathan, of course, who's another friend of mine who, of course, is in your band, as we both know. And I want you Absolutely. to promise me, Johnny, playing. Daniel's playing lead guitar and flute and doing some vocals in this, and we're having a great time. Oh, my God, is that absolutely awesome. Now, Mr. Musical Mogul slash Johnny Cash Jr., I will be very offended if you make it big in the next year and you do not come back on my show to tell us all about it. Oh, I'll be sure to come back. This has been a blast, and I'd love to do it again. 
<laughs> I appreciate that. And like I said, definitely give us 24 hours and write down the wrong word. I'm assured is going to be on the end of this. And just to let you know, Tomcat, and you can let everyone else know, within the next 20 minutes or so after we get finished, uh, this will become an archived episode. So you can listen to this interview at any given point in time. I'll be posting your information up on my Facebook page and all of your links and information so people can find you and let them know they can come back any time, all year round, and they can go ahead and listen to your interview at any point. And uh, remind me, Mr. Malta, when we are off the air, that I have an opportunity for you. I have to talk to you musically. Sounds great. Thanks a lot. Sarah. All right, dear. I'll let you go. You have a great afternoon. You too. Thanks, Bye. dear. All right, folks. That was probably one of my most funnest, and I know that's not the great author word, funnest, most entertaining interviews I've had since Bill and LJ last week, as a matter of fact. I have to admit to you, and, and not that I would admit to him, but it is always probably more nerve-wracking for me to interview individuals who are my close friends or individuals that I know very well because I, I wanted to be so impressive. So I hope that today's interview um, was a reflection of Tom Cat and what he personifies as a musician and as a person. Again, do not want to forget www.tomcatjoe.com. Twitter handle again is at Tomcat underscore Joe. Please visit YouTube and Reverb Nation to listen to Tomcat's music. And, of course, you can go ahead and check him out on Facebook because he has a page on Facebook, Tomcat and the last name Malta. That's M-A-L-T-A. And for those of you who are local, March 1st again at Ponies in Cudahy. March 6th in Bayview at the Tonic Tavern. And please do not forget, free, 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 can't accentuate that enough nowadays, March 24th at the Warehouse uh, from 5 to 8 o'clock is going to be the CD release party. Um, I will certainly be there, so if you want to see me, come on down and check me out. Um, I wish I could say I'm going to Ponies this weekend, but unfortunately I'll be in New York um, working on more projects relative to the show. So I want to say thank you so much to everybody who took the time to listen today. Thank you ever so much to Tomcat Malta for uh, disrupting his schedule a little bit to visit with us. And I hope that tomorrow you'll come back in the afternoon to listen to my exclusive interview with designer Elizabeth Mason. You have yourselves a safe and wonderful afternoon, and I'll talk to you tomorrow. <laughs>